Does Moshe love the Jewish people? <laughs> what kind of a question is that? It's probably a similar question that the child who's being disciplined by his parents asks. Do you really love me? See, the thing is that this is the section of the Torah where Moshe rebukes the Jewish people about things that happened to them during the course of the desert. And right near the beginning, he says, you know, there's a period that we could have traveled in 11 days. Hashem reduced it to three days. And from here we see that we could have gotten into Eretz Yisrael really quickly. But because the Jews made a mistake, we landed up venturing for 40 years in the desert. Now, what's going on over here in this Rashi? The truth is it all centers, it pivots on a story in the Gemara about Rabbi Yochan ben Zakkai and one of the Baitusim who don't believe in the oral Torah, where they had a debate about how Sfirah Soimer is supposed to work. When do you start counting the Omer? There's something much deeper to that argument. And their argument is essentially about how does Judaism operate? Is it a three-day journey, meaning to say everything should happen with Hashem's help really quickly? Or is it a long journey, 40 years, with all its trials and tribulations? So is Judaism all about what's written, or is Judaism about what we discover through our own volition? Is Judaism a journey of inspiration, or is, is, is Judaism a journey of perspiration? And to understand whether Moshe loves the Jewish people or not, and whether or not we had to go through the desert, was that a bad thing? Not necessarily. Rebuking shows that you really love somebody. And that's the message of this parasha, that Moshe Rabbeinu loves us enough to push us enough that we should actually succeed. The Pasuk tells us right near the beginning of the parasha that to go from Har Choyev, otherwise known as Har Sinai, via Har Seir, to get to Kadesh Banea is an 11-day journey. So Chazal say, Rashi quotes it, A distance that should have been 11 days, the Jews traversed in three days. And therefore, un As Rashi quotes, Moshe Rabbeinu uses this as a launch for a rebuke of the Jewish people. Virashi is Mazbir. As Rashi explains, Moshe says to the Yidden, Look what you caused. There is no quicker route to get from Har Sinai to Kadesh Barnea, which is basically towards Eretz Yisrael, there's no quicker route than going via Har Seir. That's the quickest route. And that is an 11-day journey. And you carried, you, you got through that area in just three days. Rashi goes through the whole thing, exactly where they went from place to place and how long it takes and how long they spent in each place. Look how much Hashem was pushing you to get as quickly as possible into Eretz Yisrael. And you, this is the rebuke, Moshe Rabbeinu is saying to the and you wrecked it. Because you made a mistake, obviously, of the story of the Miraglim. So therefore, the Ebershah kept you going around Haraseir in circles for 40 years. So from Lashen Rashi is Mashma, as the Iker Hadgosha in the Teicha is, so you got to pay attention to what Rashi is saying over here. What's the main thrust of Moshe's rebuke? Rashi doesn't sound like he's saying, because they messed up, therefore instead of going directly into Eretz Yisrael, they were delayed by 40 years. No, it sounds like what Rashi instead is highlighting is, Therein was bishvil shekil kaltem is givoren di alecha boyfen hefecha oifen was hoisashchina mislabetes chula marbiaschim loritz mit an ibn natilche mehirus. Rashi seems to emphasize not the 
amount of time as much as that Abishta wanted them to go in a supersonic way, in a supernatural way, with incredible speed. And what they did wrong caused it to be the exact opposite. So in sp- instead of a supernatural speed, it was a super s- slow motion experience. So what Rashi is showing us is the fact that it took them 11 days or the normal rate of, of, of travel is 11 days from Har Choyev to Kadesh Barnea. That's just introductory. The main thing Rashi wants to say is you slowed the process from supersonic to hyper slow motion. So it's not galactic. That seems a bit strange. Okay, so we know for sure a fact that a distance that should have been 11 days, the Jews traversed in three days. And therefore, so because that's actually what happened, and it's an illustration of how much Hashem wanted to get them quickly to Israel, so we understand why Rashi uh, sorry, what, sorry, why Moshe Rabbeinu would include that in his rebuke of the Jewish people. Look, David wanted you in the land. He sped things up and you messed it up. We get that. But, What's strange about it is that the Pasuk clearly states that it's an 11-day journey which either way shows us that there's a delay getting into Eretz Yisrael. Why is Rashi overlooking that, the fact that it's anyway close by, and look how long it took them, and instead highlighting something which isn't clear in the Pasuk, that Hashem spread it up to three days? Must be because Rashi is actually making the two polar ends of this argument more extreme than what you'd expect. In other words, what we're going to discover here is that Rashi's painting a picture for us that there are two options, only two options, hyper-speed or hyper-slow. Rashi's implying there's no middle ground, there's no medium here. So Rashi's highlighting that they either they were going to get into Israel really quickly, three days, unnatural, or it was going to be a very protracted process, 40 years. He overlooks the 11-day normal median way of traveling because apparently that wasn't an option. Either they was going to speed it up or we were going to suffer. Which means, So either we were going to be raced into, into Israel in the most incredible way, or because of our poor choices, it was going to be unnaturally slowed to 40 years. That's how Rashi puts, so that's why Moshe Rabbeinu puts the two together. And he says, look, it was three days to this point, and you dragged it out to 40 years. Those are your two choices. So there's got to be something in this. What is the message that the two ways that they could have gotten into Israel was either supernaturally fast or incredibly and strangely slow, apparently because of their choices. So in order to understand this concept, we're going to look at a Gemara in Menachos that talks about 
the counting of Sfera Soimer, and specifically an observation that Toysavus makes where he quotes this Rashi in full detail. So Ha'amur, as the Alich of Unidin Midbar, Ishayach Norif Einam Fundit Sveya Fanim Hafochim Anal. Now that we have established that getting into Eretz Yisrael happens in only one of the two ways, either at high speed or really slowly. So for this concept, Gitechas Borin Atesus, Vasimavora Maimer Tomua in Gemara. This concept that we have just clarified, that there are only two options, will help us understand a Toysavus commenting on a very bizarre exchange that happens in the Gemara. So the Gemara Zok, the Gemara Menachas Samachai says, As Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai had got up with Kochmi to buy Tusi wegen their shita. Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai had a confrontation with a Baytusi, which is similar to the Tzedukim, basically people who reject the validity of Teresh Balpeh. And Rabbi Yochanan and Zakai challenged them about their shita, why they believe that you always begin counting Sfer Soimer on a Sunday, on a Motzei Shabbos. The way that they understand it, the way you get to Shavuos, it's always got to land up that Shavuos comes out after a Shabbos. So, okay, so the way you're going to count Svira Soimer is going to land up that Shavuos will always be on Motzei Shabbos. So the Baitusi are So all the other Baitusim who were there didn't have anything to say to Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai except for this one older Baitusi, and he had the following logic. Now, what you're immediately going to notice over here is it's very weird that a Baitusi who does not believe in Torah Shabbal would use an argument to Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai that sounds similar to Torah Shabbal So the Rebbe will address that later. So what does he say? The Baitusi are getayin. Moshe Moshe Rabbeinu loved Yidin. And he knew that Shavuos is only one day. So therefore he came up with a system where you'll count Sfiris Omer in such a way that Shavuos will always be a Motzei Shabbos. So that the Yidin can celebrate and enjoy themselves for two days, Shabbos into Yom Tif. So the Baitusi's argument is, how did we land up knowing when Shavuos should be according to them? Because of a tradition from Moshe Rabbeinu, something that's not written clearly in Torah. Now, Rabbi Yechemen Zakai's response to the Baitusi is even more surprising. He quotes this pasuk from Devarim. Says Rabbi Yochum to the Baitusi, what do you say? You're saying that Moshe Rabbeinu has so much Abbas Yisrael, so then why did he allow the Jews to wander in the desert for 40 years? What? That's Rabbi Yochum and Zakai speaking? It's so strange. So Toysavus asks, why is this the pasuk that Rabbi Yechem Zakai used to argue against the Baitusi? You look in the Gemara over there, the various other Chachamim who bring various other Psukim. Why did he bring this one? And why is this Dafka the pasuk that he used to prove that the Jews were delayed 40 years in the desert? There are other Psukim that say the same thing. Says Tosfos, as does his book like Ashi Hanal. Says Tosfos, the only way to understand why Rabbi Yochanan Zakai chose this pasuk is based on how Rashi in Chumash explains the pasuk. As Adem Veg Zayin Idin Durchi Gangerin Dreiteg, that the same area, the same distance, which the Torah says should normally take eleven days, the Yidden took three days to traverse. So therefore, says Tesis, that's exactly what 
what Rabbi Yochum and Zakkai wanted them to, to, to understand. Just as Moshe Rabbeinu had successfully got them a distance of three of 11 days, he managed to do in just three days. Surely he should have succeeded in getting the Yidden into Eretz Yisrael in far less than 40 years, literally in a few days. So that's what Teisvah says. So I'm not understanding. What is Teisvah's highlighting over here? That as if to say he did not succeed in getting them to Eretz Yisrael as he succeeded in getting them an 11-day journey in three days. If you want to argue, as Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai wants to argue, that Moshe Rabbeinu, if you say he loved the Yidden so much, should have ensured that it did not take 40 years to get into Yisrael, 11 days, 3 days, actually doesn't make a difference to that argument. That argument is he should have gotten them into Yisrael as quickly as possible. So why is Tosus bringing Rashi into this to say not only was it a distance of 11 days, but they managed it in 3 days? Why is that relevant? But But now, according to how we framed Rashi, that Rashi says there are only two options. Either it was going to be super speed, 3 days, or it was going to be unusually slow 40 years. There's only those two options. That's what Tosus wants to highlight over here. So, because the message over here is if it had not dragged out for 40 years, the alternative would have been this highly successful move in three days. Okay, so what's going on over here in this argument between Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai and the Baitusi? And what's this idea of being delayed in the de- desert? It's still not clear. Okay, we get it. You've made your point that if they had not spent 40 years in the desert, it would have been high speed, three days in the desert. But why is this part of the response to the Baitusi? We get it, it's a concept. It's an important concept for us to know as Jewish people that there were only two ways the Yidin would get to Eretz Yisrael, either supersonic or super slow. Why is it relevant to debating this Baitusi about Svera and whether Moshe loves the Yidin or not? As the Obstag of the Taina from Baitusi. So therefore we have to conclude that the only way to debate or to discredit the Baitusi's argument that Moshe loves the Yidin is Dafka by saying, oh, he loves the Yidin. So then how come he allowed us to lose out on an opportunity for a miraculous entry or travel speed and instead allowed us to drag around for 40 years? Knowing that Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai is highlighting not just that it was a long time to get to Eretz Yisrael, but that we lost the opportunity for a supersonic entrance to Eretz Yisrael, therein lies the response to the Baitusi, and we need to know why. So if we want to know why, well, what we have to appreciate is this. You can be sure that the Gemara is not going to quote a debate, even against a non-Jewish person, certainly against a Jew who rejects parts of Torah, unless their side of the debate has some validity within Torah thinking. 
So that's got to happen here as well, which means that by Tusi had to have had an argument that you and I could actually relate to and say, you know what, he's really got a point. And then we say, yes, he has a point, but it's an invalid point for the following reason. In this particular case, it's not just a point. It's an entire outlook on how Judaism works. And it's critically important that we discredit the Baitusi's view because it could discolor our whole appreciation of Judaism. So the Rebbe has explained this in great detail in a different sicha. There are many arguments recorded in the Gemara between Jews and Lahavdil non-Jews, or in this case between a rabbi and a Baitusi. The very fact that people of the caliber of the Tanoim entered into debate with these individuals. Um, and not only did they have the debate, but the debate is recorded in Torah where Torah is MS. Those arguments that are recorded in Torah, it's only because their side of the argument has some basis that even Torah thinking could acknowledge. Which means that when the rabbis respond to them, they're not just fobbing them off, they're teaching us truth of Torah. Because the other side is presenting something that sounds like it could actually be valid. And the response of the rabbis is so important because it crystallizes and clarifies for us that things often sound kosher, but they're really not because here's the truth. So Knowing this information, let's look at exactly what the Baitusi said and what the significance of his words are. He says, According to the Baitusi, Moshe Rabbeinu loved the Yidin. Because he loved the Yidin, he wanted to set up that we shouldn't just have a single day of Yom Tov and Shavuos hanging in limbo, but we should rather attach it to a Shabbos so we can, as Jewish people, enjoy a full 48 hours of Oineg, of spiritual connection, of physical pleasure. Now here's the fascinating part, right? That the Baitusi is saying, how did we get to the point that this is how you count Svira Soimer? Not because Hashem said so, but because Moshe Rabbeinu said so. The Baitusi is the one who's arguing, look at Moshe Rabbeinu. He is the Royan Nehmon. He is the one who loves the Yidden. So because he loves the Yidden, that's why obviously he would have wanted to create something that is better for us. So, that's really strange. This is a Baitusi. Baitusim prefer to show things in scripture. And isn't that the whole argument? In fact, that's how the Gemara begins. The Baitusim said, it says in the Torah, that straight after Shabbos, that's when you start to count. So that's their basis. Why is this Baitusi mixing into it a whole psychological analysis of what kind of a leader Moshe Rabbeinu is and how much he loves the Eden? Something which is not founded in Teresh Shabbat Sav. So the beer in them, Chazal bring Kama v'chama limudu meichochis as a teres is chamishim yom v'mochas yom tovarishin shopesach. So the truth is that in that same Gemara, besides Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, there are other Tanoim who appear in the conversation as well and they bring a multitude of psukim that prove that the counting of in order to get to Shavuos, that Shavuos has to be the 50th day after 
Whenever Sfira Soimer is, and it has nothing to do with Shabbos, on Der Riber Hot Der Pirish, Asmach Shabbos, main Shabbos Bereshit, can you say Nit in Ksuve Hatera? So they have actually unequivocally shown that this idea that Mimochas Shabbos means that somehow Shavuos has to land up on a Motse Shabbos is invalid based on Scripture. This is the language of Baitusim. You see, you guys believe only in Scripture. Here are scriptural proofs that denounce your thinking, and you cannot anchor Shavuos to a Shabbos. So this Baitusi thinks he's going to be smart, and he'll speak the language of the rabbis, back at the rabbis, basically to say, oh, you know, like according to the way you think, how about this? So therefore the Baitusi comes along and he says, you know, I think that you people really believe that Moshe Rabbeinu is an incredible individual. So I agree with that to the point that I believe he would have wanted Shavuos to be the day after Shabbos. So In saying, you are right. Shavuos will always be 50 days after Pesach. So therefore, says the Baitusi, I believe that because there's such a thing as Kiddush Achoydish, you will decide how to work the calendar so that that 50th day will always be the day after Shabbos. So in other words, fix the calendar that the first day of Pesach is always a Shabbos. So you can't swear so you're always on a Motzei Shabbos. So Shavuos is always a Motzei Shabbos. As the expression goes, that you're allowed to add a day to the month if there's a necessity. You can even add a month to the year if there's a necessity, right? Various considerations like that Pesach should be in the spring or so, and so forth. So the Baitusi says, let's orchestrate the calendar in such a way that Shavuos will be on a Shabbos. Then you can have your cake and eat it. You could count Svira Soimer from the day after Yom Tov as you, the rabbis, believe. And it could be the day after Shabbos as we, the Baitusim, believe. And and why he would want this is because there's a great value and benefit in having two days in a row of Yom Tov and enjoying the Jewish experience, etc., which we'll describe in greater detail shortly. So to that, Rabbi Yochavet Zakai says, what are you talking about? First of all, let me show you that your entire premise is wrong. How do I know? Because Moshe allowed the Jews to languish in the desert for 40 years. But not only that. Then Rabbi Yochavet Zakai brings a proof from the Pasuk that your suggestion of fiddling with the Rosh Chodesh in order to land up with the Shavuos after Shabbos doesn't work. So, Rabbi Yechem goes to the Psukim of Mimochas HaShabbos and he gives a whole explanation to say that there are two possibilities of how Shavuos works out. One time where it works out to be on Shabbos, one time when it works out to be during the course of the week. But the key over here is this idea and this notion of Moshe delaying the in, in the Midbar. Uh, why, is that, why is that important to answering, responding to this to this Baitusi? So what we've established over here is that the Baitusim actually had a point. The Baitusim had a point that is even acceptable within Torah. 
So then, wow, do we have an incredible question about this whole story. Because now it sounds like the Baitusi has more faith in Moshe Rabbeinu than Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai does. How can you suggest such a thing? The entire approach of the Baitusi is founded on what? That Moshe Rabbeinu loves Jews. And Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, the greatest Torah scholar of his time, one of the greatest Tanoim ever in history, he's the one questioning if Moshe Rabbeinu loves Yidin? Something does not add up over here. We have gone into a ridiculous reality. Unless, of course, we completely misunderstand how each of them interprets loving Jews. So the Nikud Sabir in the explanation is this. When Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai turns to the Baitusi and he says, Do you really think that Moshe Rabbeinu loved Jews? That's not what he's saying. He's saying, Do you really think that your version of what it means for Moshe Rabbeinu to love Jews is valid? Let me explain something to you. You, Baitusi, the way you interpret Abbas Yisrael, yes, it would make sense in your thinking that Moshe would want us to have two wonderful days of family time and spiritual connection and eating good food. But Rabbi Yochemen Zakkai says, you have to understand something. Moshe Rabbeinu's love for the Jewish people is so deep and so profound that it doesn't always have to be so nice and sweet on the outside. You only have to be nice and sweet to people that you don't really care about. People who you really care about, sometimes you have to rebuke them. That's why Rabbi Yochem ben Zakkai, to prove his point, shows Moshe rebuked the Yidin. Externally, superficially, it looks like this is a story of Moshe wrapping them over the knuckles and saying, you were punished for bad behavior. Zakai's entire message is, you don't know what love is. You think that love is mollycoddling. You think that love is enabling. You think that love is this big, liberal, open-minded, accept people for who they are attitude. No, when you really love somebody, you call them out on the things that they should be doing differently. And that's why right at the beginning of Devorim, where we start with Moshe's lengthy rebuke of the Jewish people, the Medrash says, who should rebuke the Yidden? Moshe, who loves them. You hear that? In Judaism, somebody who loves you, rebukes you, points out, gives you constructive criticism. And maybe sometimes it's even a little bit more harsh than a person would like to hear. Now that difference of opinion, the Baitusi, who could very well fit nicely into the 21st century, by the way, the let's be kind and accepting and make everybody feel good about who they are, versus Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, which is MS, that says there are certain things that people have to be challenged to work on is two different views of how people believe Judaism operates and what Torah is all about. The so-called tikkun olam, the Rebbe doesn't say this, but versus Torah and mitzvahs. We know that Shavuos is directly 
related to and dependent on counting Sfirsa Omer, which means Eden Tzelem Em Tesiyom on the Yemachamishim is Atzeres. We count 49 days, day 50 becomes Shavuos outside of our control. Is Yudua, as the Memtes Yom was in Tzelem, Weizen if Dagas in the Memtes Shiorim, Subochen Eden the Grechen Bekech of Rabbi de Satzma. We know very well in many places in Hasidus that the 49 days of counting Sfirsa Omer represent the extent to which human beings can work, grow, develop themselves. On the far often say tzel and detect, that's why that entire period is associated with us. We have to count the days. Whereas day 50, Shavuos, we don't count that, we don't label it, we don't give it its energy. That represents the 50th level of, of spirituality which no person can reach. It has to be gifted to you. After you have put in your ultimate, absolute effort and reached as far as you possibly can, then perhaps Hashem will give you the gift of Sharanun. Like the Gemara says, if a person creates a little bit of sanctity in their life here on earth, meaning through their efforts, they will respond with much more sanctity in Hashem's way to us. This is the core of what the Baitusi argued. He says, what holiday are we talking about over here? Shavuos. Something that the Ebeshter gives you as a gift. So the Baitusi says, what brings you to Shavuos? A gift from on high? Another type of holiness, another type of spirituality that is also a gift from on high? Shabbos. Shabbos doesn't depend on us. We don't decide when Shabbos is going to be on the calendar. Unlike Yom Tov, which we do, we declare Rosh Chodesh, we devise a calendar. Shabbos, Mikdash of it's holy every seven days. Like it or not, it's a gift from on high. That's why it's a day when you're not supposed to work. That's the whole point. You're not supposed to work. It's not about human endeavor. It's about what the Ebeshter gives you. So how do you prepare for Shavuos in the Baitusi's mind? With another day that's like Shavuos, Shabbos. How do you go into a day of gift from on high with a day of gift from on high? The 49 days of counting prepare you to be in the right frame of mind, in the right position to receive what Ebesh is going to give you. But Shavuos itself, way beyond the human reach. On the far is Eich the Erev von Shavuos, the Tag Vismichus Mamish Tzatzeres, Dafka Azazman, Vosses Hamein from the Ilean Alpha Natsusiyama Shabbos, therefore in the Baitusi's mind, and now you can understand why it's Oizgehalten in Torah logic, in the Baitusi's mind, the day before, the day that leads you into Shavuos, this great revelation from on high, should also be a day of a gift from on high. Now, this is not just a question of Shavuos. Shavuos is the day of Matan Torah. So however you interpret the day of Shavuos actually tells us how you interpret the whole of Torah. So because Shavuos is the day that represents the whole of Torah, you can understand here what the Baitusim think about the whole of Torah. 
the Baitusim Glebenor in Tereshabach Sav, Nitin Tereshabalpe. As we know very well, Baitusim only believe in scriptural Torah, not in oral Torah. What's the difference between the two? The Chilik Tzvishin Tereshabach Sav and Tereshabalpe is Tereshabach Sav is HaKadosh Baruch Hu Oimer Umoisha Koisif. Scripture was dictated by Hashem to Moshe. It's exactly what Hashem wanted to give us. Matona mila maila. Sie ist gegeben geworden in ganzen mila maila. Und in dem ist nicht das eine Gerät, der Avon Vassoge von dem, was lernt ihr. Torah is given pretty much from Hashem. Our input is minimal. That's why you can get up and say, Birchus HaTorah, and then read Psukim of the Torah, even if you don't understand a word, because it's what Ebeshter gives us, not what we have to achieve. Whereas Torah Shabal Peh is in Yonavit Torah, is Arab gekommen bei Avon Vassoge. Torah Shabal Peh is once Torah has entered human thinking. These are the things that we devise, that we extrapolate with the Yud Gimel Midois and so on and so forth. And in ir So the two elements that represent Torah Shabal Peh is it's what's been given down through the generations by our rabbis, by our Chachomim. And we have to apply our minds to plumb the depths of this information. Teresh is almost the exact opposite of Teresh Abichsav. Teresh Abichsav is letter perfect, and you dare not change one letter because then it's possible and the Torah is unusable. Whereas Teresh you are encouraged to learn, to add, to share insights, to be Mechadish. So by Tusim say, listen, Torah is only one thing. It's only what God gave. The whole experience of Torah is milmailo lamato, shar hanun, shivuos, a gift from Hashem. But there's a matan Torah. That's how they see matan Torah. Und das ist die Teine von der Beitussim, als mit Sadavas, die Sol und Moshe mit Taken gewinnen, als Azeres, Matan Teri, Zachar HaShabbas. Now you get the thinking of the Beitussim, why they believe that Shavuot should follow in from Shabbos. Why? Because noch atog velches on omol v'yigia nor tainog migit altsmil maila. Because in their mind, how do you get into the space of Torah? How do you access Torah? By receiving from on high. Receiving without effort on your part. Sounds compelling. Sounds kosher. Wow, who are we? What power do we have? We just need the Eibishter to inspire us. But it's not MS. Sounds great. It's not MS. The truth is that Teresh Shabal Peh is as much what the Eibishter gave us at Har Sinai as Teresh Shabal Peh, meaning, Whatever it is that a genuine Torah scholar will be able to uh, extrapolate out of Torah, that is Hashem's Torah. Nor, The only difference is, Torah Shabbat is in its pristine divine form. Torah Shabbat has entered into the human realm, into human intellect, and it's just as much Torah as Hashem, but worked through the human brain. So you and I can understand and appreciate it. And that is the real goal and purpose of Matan Torah. The goal and purpose of Matan Torah is not the gift from Hashem. It is the endeavor of the human being. As we know very well from Chassidus, that the purpose of giving Torah is that we should combine, harmonize, synthesize the higher and the lower realms. When a person works through 
wades through a particular concept in Torah. Is Teiras Havayavet Nikas Al Shmoi Teiras Soi does Verzainer and Inyan. An amazing thing happens. Hashem's Torah is now attributed to this person. Needless to say, the contribution that a person is going to make is nothing like the immensely great contribution of what Hashem gives us. But it's mine. It, I own it. I ingest it. And then as Al-Tarebbe says in Tanya, I become one with the Torah in the most incredibly intimate way, which is the purpose. The purpose is to bring us into the picture, not just to slap down a gift onto us, like you superimpose holiness onto lowly beings, it's to turn us into great beings. Because, as we know, the goal of Matan Torah is to synthesize the higher and lower realms. Therefore, it is important that even those lofty, deep, esoteric, or abstract concepts should eventually filter into our minds. So what can we extrapolate over here? What can we understand? The fact that to get to Matan Torah, you have to count Sphere Soimer, which doesn't mean you just count like in a marking of days on your calendar. It's supposed to be effort. It's supposed to be a person adjusting and working on themselves and trying to elevate themselves. It's not just a preparation. That is getting into Matan Torah mode. Like it says in Chesidus. What does it mean to count 50 days? The word Tisbru is a play on words. We create the, the, the 50th day and we make it sapir, something which shines. We don't just prepare ourselves so that Hashem can give us a gift. We become an integral part of the entire process of what Torah is. Torah is about human endeavor. And human beings becoming synthesized with Hashem's Torah. So it's no longer just a gift that Hashem gives us day 50. It's an achievement that we made that we triggered that gift through our Avoidah. So therefore that's the appropriate preparation for Matan Torah. Us making it happen. Now that we understand the two different, the divergent opinions over here, whether by Tussin believe the whole of Judaism is what Hashem gives me, and I am actually a passive observer. Maybe I have to create a little bit of environment, a little bit of hachona, but David is the one who gives it to me, versus Torah Semes, which says, I am an integral part of bringing Kedusha into myself, into the world, to limit our Torah. To highlight this point, Rabbi Yochanan Medzakai refers to the fact that Moshe facilitated our delay in the desert for 40 years. As an axiom, as a rule of thumb, the Onshim von Torah, welche is Torah's chesed, seine Gedei zu ausleiten dem Chete von der Begamachet. There's no such thing as punishments in Torah. If the Torah speaks about a punishment, a consequence, it really means an opportunity for us to free ourselves of the spiritual toxins we might have attracted through Doing an Aveir. 
Why did the Jews stay in the desert for 40 years? What, because Hashem was angry at them that they listened to the, to the spies and therefore he was punishing them to be grounded for 40 years? No. To challenge us, because we slipped down into a low spiritual space, to challenge us and to facilitate us to be able to come back stronger. Absolutely for sure to ensure that we never go back to make the same mistakes. So to protect us from failing again and much more importantly to allow us the opportunity to come back stronger, deeper, more connected. How did this happen? Through the various challenging experiences the Jews went through in the desert. Depending which particular obstacle it was, some they overcame, some they had to do tshuva for later, but in each case they were pushed and they had to push back. The net result of the whole experience, like any other experience where you've had tough times and you've had to work things through and really think about it, you emerge stronger. You emerge in a situation that, it, you know, our relationship now can't be harmed. Says a person who survives a test that Hashem sends them, similar to Baal Shuba, you come out much stronger on the other side than the doubled knot where there was once a snap. Dos it's Dafka because Moshe Rabbeinu loved the Yidden. And in a far deeper way than the Baitusim understand, that's why he delayed us in the desert for 40 years. What did Moshe want from us? That when we got to, to Eretz Yisrael, which is a place of this incredible divine oversight, we should be connected. Not only should we be connected, we should achieve that connection. You by Tusi think you know what it means for a leader to love his people? Not at all. For Moshe to love his people, he loved them enough to challenge them. And challenge them and challenge them so that they would come out on the other side. They would be in a level of connection to Hashem they could never have previously envisaged. This all helps us to understand why Dafka, this is the Pasuk Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, threw at the Baitusi. That's why, as Tosus points out, that effectively what he was saying was, and if Moshe loved them so much, he couldn't succeed in again getting them to a super speed entry into Eretz Yisrael. Why did the Jews have to schlep around in the desert before they could get into Israel? Because Why? Only to elevate them. Why a delay in the desert? Only to elevate them. Ah. That prepared them to get into Israel. So now, to prepare the Yidden, to get into Eretz Yisrael, there are two options. Could happen in two ways. 
One option is that Mila Maila the Abisha could have inspired us to be ready to get into Eretz Yisrael and connect with Hashem Atem Advekim and all that stuff. If the Ebesh had done it his way, well, we can't slow Hashem down. There are no obstacles. Like this it happens. The only problem is that we land up feeling nebuch. We didn't really achieve anything. It's what we call the bread of shame, where you've just given everything on a platter. It would have been quick, it would have been easy, it would have been smooth, and we would have felt like unworthy. The other way is mitzad idin milamato. The other way, how do you prepare the idin to get into Eretz Yisrael to be appropriate for Eretz Yisrael? Through their own efforts. The only way for that to happen is it's going to take time. 40 years, actually. And not just 40 ordinary years, but it's because that so many challenges over those 40 years. And they had to fight through all kinds of concepts of faith in Hashem and belief in Moshe Rabbeinu and getting their heads right. So that changed them on so many different levels until eventually every part of themselves had been brought into the picture. That's what Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai wanted to tell the Baitusi. Basically what Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai says, Mr. Baitusi, if you were right, Moshe Rabbeinu should have taken the Yidden into Eretz Yisrael in three days. Because if you're right and everything has to come Milamayla, to come from Milamayla, things are smooth, quick, no obstacles, it happens in no time. The fact that that's not how it happened, it happened to the opposite extreme, as Rashi pointed out in the beginning. There's only two extremes here. Either it's super fast or it's super slow. The fact that it was super slow, 40 years, is Mochach proves as the Avasi Sola Mitis from Moshe Atzich is Gedrek Dafkin Demos Erhot Sugibrachtin at Savoide Bukayach Atzmam. What is Moshe's love for the Yidden that he gets the Yidden to work with their own abilities? Like a Chofches Nissen gives us the power to achieve things with our own abilities. And the far is the That's why this particular pasuk about the eleven-day journey in three days kind of summarizes the whole rebuke of Moshe. Where right at the beginning we were told Moshe, the one who loves them, is going to rebuke them. Here it is. Here you've got the template. Why is there rebuke to get Yidden to grow, to get Yidden to outdo themselves, to get Yidden to find depth within themselves they didn't know that they had? Which is why they were in the desert for 40 years. This is what explains why this Golas has taken so long. Why is it so long to give us the opportunity that we could work through all of our challenges and we could emerge not just at the Geula, but ready for the Geula and the ones who facilitate the Geula? 
Und durch dem, was sie heilen sich in der Weide in einem Eifen von Sachen, wird es sicher gut für aufgetan in Eifen von Achishan. If we do this job really well, we do it quickly, and we achieve what is called Zachu, that we earn Moshiach, then we get the best of both worlds. We get the value of our efforts, and Achishan, that Hashem speeds up the coming of Moshiach. Then the Gula can have both values. That we have on the one hand the greatness of Ita that comes in the correct time, meaning to say we've achieved what needed to be achieved, including, of course, the main thing, achieving our own elevation. And we could have the speed which is Hashem's gift to us. Especially now we know that any obstacles to the coming of Mashiach, time-wise or otherwise, are done over. Straight away we should have We should see all of this down here in this world.